Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. It's that time again. We are here for another episode, and let's go ahead. We're going to jump right in and get started on our Learn to Earn this week. We're going to talk about phone phobia, phobia of the phone. I just talked to one of our students in our one of our mentoring groups that has a, a phobia, and it's, it's legitimate because I've been through it, so I can talk very intelligently on it, of what to say on the phone with sellers. And I know we've talked about this in the past, but I want to reiterate I'm going to revisit a couple things, but I want to bring in some new information to kind of help clear this up in your mind as far as getting on board with what's going on here when the when the phone rings or when you're out making outbound calls. Let me begin by saying, first of all, cold calling sucks. It's terrible. It's could be the worst thing ever if it's that's your mindset. Okay, if you are setting yourself up to go in thinking this is the worst, most painful thing I could ever be doing in my entire world. Well, then guess what? You'll be right. But if you just think of it as a thing, something to do, part of the process, kind of like, well, you know, I have to wash my hair because if I don't wash my hair, it'll look like hell. See, I'm bald, but I, I don't have to wash my hair. But those that do have hair, they think, I don't want to wash my hair. I'd rather just take a shower and not wash my hair, you know, because washing my hair, then it's wet and I've got a lot of hair and all that. I get it, folks. Cold calling sucks. Okay, I've said it. I've justified your feelings. There you go. It is. It just sucks. It's terrible. It's no fun, right? Cool. Now that we've got that out of the way, we know it sucks. I get it sucks. Okay, you're just going to have to work past it. And here's how we're going to do that. First of all, we're going to realize that the other party, and I've said this before, but the other party is as terrified, if not more terrified, than you are. I'll say that again. The other person, the seller or whoever, is more terrified than you are. I guarantee you that is the case 95% of the time. The other 5%, you're either dealing with a, mo a seller that's not motivated or somebody that has a lot of experience like an investor. And outside of those two scenarios, folks, you're going to be okay because you don't have to have all the answers. The, the gist of that first call, that first opportunity to bump into somebody is to establish no like and trust. And that's no spelled K N O W no like and trust. They need to get to know you. They need to get to like you. They need to get to trust you. That is your only mission in that call. Nothing more, nothing less. And I know there are people out there that teach you got to be a one call closer. 
Well, that's all fine and dandy, but let's be realistic, ladies and gentlemen. There are very few people in the world that are successful at one-call closings. Have I done it? Yes. Do I do it every time? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So understand that that is not an, a realistic expectation, being a one-call closer. Like I said, it happens. I'm not saying it doesn't. But it doesn't mean that you have to be a one-call closer. What you do have to be is somebody who's making 100 calls. That's what I need you to be. Okay, I need you following through. I need you taking action. I need you dialing time after time again, even though it hurts a little bit. I get it hurts. You know, putting a Band-Aid, taking a Band-Aid off hurts. But we still put Band-Aids on when we get a boo-boo, don't we, boys and girls? So the fact that we're, you guys are probably giggling right now going, he said boo-boo. I did say boo-boo. How about that? But <laughs> you're going to experience a little bit of pain when you're pulling off that Band-Aid, but you know it's what's best for you. Same thing with the phone call. You, it's going to hurt a little bit. And when, you, when they pick up the phone, you're just like, oh, my God, they answered. Now what do I say? Well, here's a good thing. Statistically, there's about a only a 30% chance that they're going to answer the phone. Okay? So when you're dialing, as your fingers are trembling and you're sweating all over the phone, realize that there's only a 30% chance they're going to answer. And if they're, if that's the case, you're panicking over the odds are nothing's going to happen anyway, so relax. And if they do answer the phone, here's the most important thing you can say. And here's my little ninja secret, and this works every time. You ready for this one? If you're driving a car, I want you to pull over and write this down because this is important. I'm going to give you a second. You can hit stop or you can hit rewind, but here we go. You ready? Here's what you say. Hi. My name is, and put your name in there. Pretty compelling, huh? Pretty awesome. I can't believe I didn't charge you $97 to learn that. Or $9.97. Or $19.97. But seriously, introduce yourself. Tell people why you're calling. I'm calling because I'm interested in the house you have for sale on Craigslist. Oh, yeah, the house I have for sale on Craigslist. First of all, folks, understand that if you're calling somebody off a of Craigslist, in most cases, not all cases, but in many cases, most cases, that is not necessarily a motivated seller. Okay? Not necessarily a motivated seller. So that said, we should be trying to focus our energies on finding motivated sellers. Let's not get too far off track. You're already there. You're in the call. They've said hello. You've said hello. We've exchanged the initial niceties. I'm calling about the house. What can you tell me about the house? Now, I assure you, they're not going to ask you, do you have a proof of funds letter? Do you have this? Do you have money? Show me your bank account. How, when are you going to buy this? When are you going to move in? Where's the offer? All of these questions are probably not going to come up. And if they do come up, your reaction is going to be, as it should be, shock. You should be a little surprised that someone's trying to take you, drag you to the altar before there's even a first date, ladies and gentlemen, to drag you to the altar before there's a first date. You're not going to the altar on the first date you're not okay so be shocked when if somebody takes things faster at a pace faster than what you're willing to move it's okay to move at a pace that fits within your comfort zone it's absolutely okay there is no shame in that whatsoever so i want you to know that going in first of all take that time to figure out what's what where you're at okay take that time so once you've just determined that you've got somebody on the phone that you can actually have a conversation with, they haven't tried to 
jump you on the first call and, and know all the information, which I assure you is not going to be the case most of the time. It may happen sometimes. Then get yourself off the phone. But here's a little warm fuzzy that I told this person this morning that I'm going to tell you that it's going to help you make that first phone call and help you to be a little less panicked. Understand that if you're calling them on the phone, number one, if worse things to worse comes to worse, you can always abort and hang up the phone. Yeah, I know it's rude, but you can still hang up the phone if you want. You can go, oh my God, I said stupid things. I sound like an idiot. I'm terrified. I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. Hang up. Okay, hang up. Now, obviously, that's not going to help your sales numbers, but it is going to help you maintain some sort of dignity and maybe make you a little less panicked going in if you realize that if things don't go exactly like you think or worst case scenario, you can always hang up the phone. Now, I don't suggest you do that as a daily practice, but you can do that if you had to. So just know that going in, that it's okay to panic. I get that you got to panic sometimes. Just work through the fear. Understand that you can hang up and proceed. So they're going to start telling you about the house. It's a three-bedroom, two-bath. It's in this great subdivision. I love the house. Well, you know, I saw the pictures on Craigslist, and it does look like a beautiful house. Let me tell you. Let me ask you this. Why in the world would you be selling such a beautiful house? You know, I learned this from Peter Fortunato, who is a real estate investor extraordinaire in our market. The guy's a genius. And I don't say that tongue-in-cheek. He's just a brilliant, brilliant man. And he says this all the time to everybody. It doesn't matter if he is standing in the biggest dump on the planet. I mean, ugly. It won't stop him one bit. So go ahead and say that if there's pictures. Well, why would, what in the world would, would why would you possibly sell such a beautiful house? And listen for the answer. Now, sometimes they're going to come back and say, well, that's none of your business. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. And then usually they'll come back with some sort of, well, you didn't offend me, but I don't really feel like I should, that's my, that's business I should be sharing. That's information I should be sharing. Oh, really? Okay. The reason why I ask, and I apologize if I offend you, I offended you, but I wanted you to, you to know the reason why I asked that question is because there's many different ways I can buy your house. Many, many different ways. Uh, I try to write offers that best suit your needs. So when I ask you, if I, you know, why are you selling? That's why I'm asking. I didn't want you to think I was being sneaky or anything like that. I truly care about writing an offer to you that best suits your needs. And everybody has different needs. And I wouldn't ever want to assume things were one way when I find out they're another. Is that fair? And say nothing after that. Don't say anything past that. When you ask a question, and I know that some of you are going to have a hard time with this. But when you ask a question, please give people the opportunity to answer it. I can't begin to tell you how important that is. When you ask a question, please be in a position to allow people to answer fully without cutting them off. Don't put yourself in a position to where you are listening to answer. That's dangerous, okay? If you are listening to answer, that can cause problems. So don't go there. Don't go down that road, okay? Um, listen for understanding not necessarily to respond. So you've had the conversation. They've said they, they don't want to tell you why they're selling. If that's the case, and, and I'm going to slide back for a little bit. This is one thing that I do, and I gave advice, this advice this morning. Get yourself a brand new legal pad and a pencil. Write down every question you could think of that you need to know about this property to be able to write an offer. 
everything. Think about what you do know about the call you're getting ready to make. I know that it's a house for sale on Craigslist. Are there pictures? Well, yes. Are they good pictures? No, they're crappy pictures. Okay. So out of those pictures, I need to know that doesn't tell a lot to me. What it tells me is that there's something there in those pictures, but I can't quite tell what that is. So I'm going to write down, I need to know more about the pictures. So I'm going to say, okay, how many bedrooms? Well, it says that in the ad, so I probably shouldn't waste my time, the guy's time asking that. I notice it says three bedroom, but it doesn't say how many bathrooms. So how many bathrooms? I'm going to write that down on my legal pad. I'm going to write down, what condition are the bathrooms in? Are they brand new, freshly renovated? Question mark. And you're going to ask it that way on purpose. Because it's difficult for people to say, yes, they're brand new and freshly renovated. Because there's really not a whole lot of interpretations of that. So if you say, are they in nice condition? Nice condition to some people could mean, you know, pink tile from 1962 and, you know, missing a toilet. And in other places, that could mean gold-plated faucets. So either way, folks, that's going to need a little bit of rehab. So let's sort that out. Let's figure that out. And have the now you've asked the question, the more particular, well, no, it's not completely rehabbed. Oh, really? And then the next question I would write down is, if no, then how much to rehab? Question mark. So now you know. If they say no, if they say yes, you write down what they say. And if they say no, then you write down what they say. You hear what I'm saying? You're essentially being, and people used to say it, you're being an order taker. In this case, there's nothing wrong with that because what you're being right now is a professional information gatherer. Okay, And this applies to a mobile home park, to a single family house, to a 5,000 unit apartment building. It doesn't matter. Okay, It does not matter. So let's go back on that. That said... We've had this conversation. They've said, it. the house is this, the house is that, whatever. It's, I'm going to ask them, so do you have a mortgage on the property now? And that's the way you ask it. The tone and your inflection and your voice is going to determine how the answer, whether or not the answer is going to come, first of all. And number two, whether you're going to get the answer you're, you're looking for. A lot of times people will say, that's none of your business. Oh, Okay. I apologize. You see, you're saying you're sorry. And some of you are going to like, I didn't do nothing wrong. Well, I get you didn't do anything wrong, but work with me here, okay? Go ahead and apologize. Get it over, get it, get, get, it, get it out of your system because that makes the other party feel better. And when the other party feels better, it also makes them feel in charge. And when they feel better and they are in charge, oh, good things are going to happen. Real good things are going to happen. So you wrote, you wrote that down as one of your questions. How much... Is your mortgage balance? How much is your mortgage payment? And they refuse to answer. So as they, you get the answers to your questions, by the way, like we've t covered the bathroom questions, you're going to take your pencil. This is why we're using a pencil. And we're going to put a, a little line through that question. That's your way of quickly looking and seeing that you've already got that answer. Okay. But it's also going to help you see the answer, the questions that you've asked but have not yet got an answer to. Okay. So we're going to go down that list, and, we're, and we've asked the mortgage question, and they've said, that's none of our business. Okay, we're not going to push the issue, one-call closers. We're not going to push the issue. We're just going to leave that one without the line through it, and we're going to go to the next question. Well, do you mind me asking what your mortgage payment is? I'm not telling you that either. Okay, I'm sorry. So about the backyard, do you have a septic system out there? Now, you notice how I've immediately changed direction. It's obviously that's a pain point for them. They're uncomfortable sharing that information with you. I get it. No problem. Okay. 
Good. That's fine. So let's get them back on track and let's not derail this entire trans conversation. Some of you are have been going to training where they say, no, no, you just keep beating them up out in the head and shoulders until you get the answer you're looking for. I would strongly advise you to think twice about that. I don't think that is a good plan. I think that's going to work against you over time, my opinion. So that's what I think. Uh, that's that. So that's what I would do if it were me. I would be looking, but looking pretty hard at that. So I would not go that route. The key here is, folks, is you continue having a conversation, but understand that you are supposed to be following the 70-30, right? We're always following the 70-30, and a lot of you are asking, what is the 70-30? Well, that means that you're asking questions 30% of the time, and you are listening for the answers 70% of the time. Now, as old Larry Harbolt will tell you, there's a reason why the good Lord gave you two ears and one mouth. That means you should be listening more than you're talking. And when you are talking, you should be asking questions, okay? Asking questions. Now, being good at asking questions takes some practice. A good friend of mine over in Tampa, Chris Kermistos is his name. And I'm going to get off topic here for just a second because I want to give a shout-out, number one, to Chris Kermistos. This man is younger than I am. He's in his 30s. He is probably one of the best interviewers I have ever heard in my life. I mean, he is better than newscasters. He is better than police officers. He is better than radio announcers. You name it, this guy, Chris Kermistos, can interview better than anybody I've ever met on the planet. He's so skillful in it. He just People just open right up to him. If he was in real estate full-time, he would be dangerous. I'm here to tell you, dangerous. That's how effective he would be. So the reason why I bring this up is, is obviously it's relevant to the episode, but more importantly is he is also the, the producer director of uh, a podcast called, or I'm sorry, a documentary called the messengers. Okay. The messengers. I'm actually featured in that film for about three and a half seconds at the very beginning. That's my, my, my three seconds of fame. Uh, but that's where I went. When I went down to Puerto Rico, those of you listening to the show for a while, and I was with John Lee Dumas and all that, and the crew, it was Chris Camistos that, that took us down there. Okay? Great guy. Great documentary. This documentary, all of you out there listening to this are going to need to learn how to market effectively. There is no better way to learn how to market than podcasts and video. If you have any interest in the content creation process, what we do behind the scenes, I strongly encourage you to spend $5.95 to go on iTunes and pre-purchase, pre-order the documentary for $5.95. Number one, you're supporting the craft, okay? You're supporting the artwork. He's done a beautiful job putting this documentary together. He's had all the contributors from top podcasters and content creators and people that are not necessarily top podcasters and top uh, content creators, people like myself that are just regular people out there trying to make a difference, trying to help people. You're going to see more about the movement and podcasting and what we do. And I think that a lot of what you see in this documentary is going to show people stepping outside of their comfort zone. How relevant is that to what we're talking about today? So in the show notes, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to uh, the messengers. And I'll even go so far as to give it to you right now. We'll make it easy. We're going to call it cashflowguys.com. Okay, cashflowguys.com forward slash the messengers. 
cashflowguys.com forward slash the messengers. I'll even go so far as this. If you buy, if you pre-order and spend the $5.95, I believe in this project so much that if you invest the $5.95 in pre-ordering this film, I'll give you a 30-minute free coaching call. How about that? 30 minutes free coaching in exchange for you spending a whopping $5.95. Why is this important? Why in the hell would Tyler do this? Because obviously my time is worth a lot more than $5.95. Okay. Well, in this case, it's worth $11, but that's a whole other story. I digress, or $12. That's why I have a CPA, folks. I can't do math. And that's also why I have my wife. But anyway, um, this is so important to me because it's important to Chris. And Chris is the reason that cash flow guys exist. I don't know if I've ever told you that, but this is a fact. Chris Kremistos and his motiva- him motivating me to put my message out there to help other people is why you are listening to the show right now. I was going to go on a a real estate cruise with the real estate guys. And not to take away from the real estate guys because they're awesome. I'm a big fan, but podcasting has changed my life. So with that, what you're doing is you're pre-ordering. And if he gets a certain amount of pre-orders in the first month or so, it helps him, his movie get picked up by Hollywood and whatnot. It's that good. I'm telling you, here's the thing. If you watch, if you buy, if you pre-order the documentary, I'll even go, I'm going to throw an extra one out there. If you pre-order this documentary and you watch it and think it sucks, I'll refund you your $5.95. You email me info at cashflowguys.com and say, Tyler, this sucks. Include your P, your PayPal email address and I will personally send you $5.95 if you think it sucks. How about that? Money back guarantee. Not even my movie. I believe in it that much. So take action like I know you will. Get out there and pre-order. I digress. Stepping into comfort zone. Actually, that wasn't a digression at all because Chris, like I said, is the reason why Cashflow Guys exist, in my opinion. He taught me to step outside of my comfort zone. He taught me to take massive action. The reason why I've upped my game and started offering more services to you all is because I went to Puerto Rico with Chris Cremistos and sat down with him and Neil Gaiarte and Katie Cremistos. She is the host of the Biz Women Rock podcast for ladies that are listening. You want an awesome kick-ass show? Go to Biz Women Rocks, B-I-Z, Women Rocks. That's her podcast. The same folks I went to Belize with, great people, good friends. They step outside their comfort zone. They take massive action. They get comfortable with being uncomfortable, and that is what gets them to where they need to be. So getting back to the phone, yep, it's going to hurt to dial a little bit, Okay, it's going to take a second. It's going to ring. Remember, there's a 70% chance that somebody's going to pick it. No, nobody's going to pick up, and you're going to get voicemail. So let's cover that. What do we say when there's voicemail? Hi, uh, this is Tyler, and I'm looking to per- potentially purchase a property that I see you have advertised. My number is 727-777, blah, 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 blah. Give me a call. The end. That's it, guys. Leave a message, and then follow up with them. Because here's the thing, all houses eventually sell, right? Now they're going to call you back. So, oh my God, now my phone's ringing. I'm not going to answer. I'm going to let it go to voicemail. No, pick up the damn phone, please. Pick it up. Hey, this is Tyler. How are you? Oh, hey, this is John. And I, you responded to my ad on Craigslist. Oh, yeah, yeah, John. How you doing? Yeah, it was about a house. Oh, John, I've, I've been looking for a house for quite a while now. 
had a tough time finding anything that's not that fits my criteria. But can you tell me about your house, John? And it, it's a whole different spectrum when you take that approach. See, now he's the one calling you. You're not calling him. So he's taking up your precious time. So now, hey, John, tell me more about your house. Hey, John, if you were me, why would I buy your house? What, what, why should I buy your house over another house that's for sale in the market? Help me through that process. You see how the paradigm has shifted a little bit here, folks? Do you see a little different approach? Because I've left a message. John has called me back, and now I'm driving the bus. But I'm doing it in a way that I don't come off as too pushy. See, I'm not. It's a bit of a shift, a power curve shift. Okay. Our universes have collided, but in a different way. So, John, tell me more about your house. I, I, I look at a lot of ads, John. I apologize. I look at a lot of ads, and I don't particularly remember your house over any of the other houses. So what is it about your house that makes your house different? Because I'm sure that if I called, I probably want to buy your house. So tell me more about it. And they may go into, well, I need to know if you're qualified. I, You know, I need to know the same thing. But first, here's what I found. In order for a house to, to be sold, uh, somebody needs to pay for it, right? I need to find out if your house, it would even qualify for financing. Well, of course it qualifies for financing. Well, we don't know yet because we don't know what loan program we're going to use. So I'm hoping that you can give me some more information to first determine if this property meets my criteria and the criteria of my investors and leave it at that. And then ask the question. So tell me how many bedrooms does it have? How many bathrooms? So tell me about the floor coverings. Are the floors like, did you just have the floors all replaced? Is it all brand new carpet, brand new tile, brand new bamboo floors? What do the floors look like? Oh, well, it needs carpet. Oh, it needs carpet. Okay. So let me ask you, uh, when it needs carpet, how much, how many square foot of carpet do you think you have? Oh, I don't know. Well, how big's your house? It's about a thousand square foot. I see. And is it mostly carpeted except for the bathrooms and the kitchen? Yeah, for the most part. So is it reasonable to say that it's going to need about 900 square foot of carpet? Yeah, that's about right. Oh, okay. So, all right. Good, good. So um, get carpet. Uh, let's see. 900 square foot times $6 a square foot equals $5,400. Okay. So anyway, and he's going to be like $9, $5 a square foot for carpeting. I'm like, oh, I, I just I use a rough guesstimate. I don't know. It could be more. You think it would be more? You see where I've kind of set it up a little bit? And sometimes they're not even going to mention that. Okay, sometimes they're not even going to say a word. They're just going to take that in mentally. So at the end of the day, the questions that you're going to ask folks are all about the house. Remember, we're not going to run off to the altar and get married on the first phone call. We're going to find out information. And it's the same information that you would want to know before you move into any house as a rental, to be honest with you, except for maybe how much is the deposit. We're not going to get into big conversations about will you take payments for your equity or anything like that. Okay, that's going to come later. Let's just get through this very first phone call, shall we? Let's not put the cart before the horse. Let's not run off to the altar before we've even gone on our first date. Let's just simply get through call number one of fact-finding. So all of you listening to this episode, if you have a phobia of cold calling, like everybody does, including me, yes, I still to this day, have a phobia of 
phone calls. I don't like making cold calls. I never will like making phone calls. But I do make phone calls because it puts food on the table. It gets me closer to retirement, which is important. Remember, guys, I'm a realtor. I sell houses for other people. So there are times that I have to call, cold call people to get business. That's the reality of life. Okay, that's the reality. So understand that is a process that we're going to have to go through. So this week, I want you to focus on, promise me, listening to this episode this week, in the next seven days, I want you to focus on doing nothing more than making that first phone call, no matter what. And if it takes you hanging up the phone five times to get actually get through a call, that's then do that. If you're more comfortable, call practice on properties for sale in a different market. If you live in New York State, call the Craigslist in Los Angeles and practice on those people, right? Ask that guy how much his two-bedroom house is. Well, that'll be $1.3 million. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Where are you calling from? New York. I don't even, I can't even calculate that high. Government schools, don't you know? But go out there and take this week, take some action, getting on that phone, making it happen. Make one phone call. You don't, I don't expect you to buy a house. I don't want you to write an offer. I don't want you to negotiate terms. I, for the love of all that's holy, don't want you to send a text message. I just simply want you to pick up the phone and make one phone call successfully beginning to end where you've learned some information. Now, if you're listening to this podcast episode right after I've released it, I want you to show up on Friday morning at 11 o'clock for Cashflow Guys TV. Go to cashflowguys.com forward slash TV. Meet me over at Cashflow Guys TV. If you have stumbling blocks, questions about making this first call, that's where you come. Ask me live. I will be there Fridays, 11 o'clock Eastern time, cashflowguys.com forward slash TV. Meet me over there and I will get your questions answered. Also, make sure you're part of our Facebook group, cashflowguys.com forward slash group. I hope you took away some good uh, nuggets from this podcast, from this episode, and we're going to keep going in the, along these lines and help you guys get through this process. So have a great week and let's make some cash flow. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.